0: go well thanks for listening to the lcr media podcast where we get to know the pros i'm your host lcr Naylor tali farrow and on today's ibg episode i wanted to address kind of the elephant in the room that is is a common uh thought process or disbelief, um, you know, fake news, as we like to call it sometimes um, in today's society, within the community, but mainly outside of, you know, the community in our industry where people just, you know, they think, oh, you, you know, you, you you cut grass for a living? Oh, you mow lawns? Like, oh, okay, like, great. You know, and and of course, Unfortunately, it's still kind of frowned down upon to work for yourself and be, you know, a, a laborer, and you know all those kind of things. Whether you're working for a company or you are have your own company, there's all kinds of mixed reviews with that. Unless they see you like roll up in a nice vehicle and, you know, whatever, like, or 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 they they know, you know, maybe they're your neighbors, so they know. Oh, okay, well, you live in a nice neighborhood, nice house, you know, all the stereotypes, all the stigmas and stuff about people you know, their perceptions all the time. And like, it just shouldn't matter how you dress, how you look, you know, what, what vehicles you drive, what house you live in, where you live and all that kind of stuff for you to be successful or, you know, looked at in a positive light. You know what I mean? Like it, it it's really shouldn't be about that. But unfortunately, human nature perception is Uh, Reality in most cases, right? Like if I perceive someone or something one way, that's my reality. Whether that whether it's true or not, I would have to figure that out by investigating or whatever. But so many in today, especially in today's fast-paced day and age, you really don't have a lot of time for that kind of follow-up or further investigation. A lot of things are just first glance, you know, first impressions are is all you get in a lot of cases. So it's hard to really make those, you know. those uh deeper dives and and conversations and um you know uh insights or whatever so you you really just look at things for, uh, for face value so it's tough because you know you you uh the whole don't judge a book by its cover right but if you don't have time to, to read it then that's all you have is the cover so that's why just like you know YouTube thumbnail or a description on a podcast or or whatever all these different things help get people's attention to hopefully get them to read the book, you know, or listen to the book or click on the video and click and watch the video or listen to the podcast, things like that. So so of course face value is is important because we are very visual, you know, humans and so on, as human beings and so on, but I say all that to say a big thing, you know, people are like, I've also heard like some I've seen like locals, you know, like they've got a boat or a really nice truck or vehicle or something. And it says grass money or something on the license plate or a bumper sticker or whatever. Just kind of like as like a like a, a tongue in cheek, you know, nod to all the, the haters out there or, or the 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 disbelievers, the people that think, you know, you have to you have to do things a certain way to be successful, whether that's go to college and get a degree or you know, be a lawyer or a doctor or this or that, you know, like have your nine to five corporate job, whatever it is. Like there's a lot of people in today's society that still most likely from their upbringing, they still have those thoughts and they think that that's, that's just, you know, the only way or, or, or a small, a limited amount of only ways or whatever, versus thinking outside the box in today's day and age. Also, there's so many more opportunities for entrepreneur ship and for people to just kind of do their own thing, you know, uh, in so many ways. I mean, from from Uber, you know, reinventing uh taxi driving, I guess, uh, you know, for anyone to just be their own independent taxi driver, just using their own vehicle. I mean, people buy nice vehicles and they get it paid off through being an Uber driver. Right. But they're they're independent. They don't Necessarily work for Uber. They're working for themselves. They make their own schedules. They do as much work as they do want to, and all that kind of stuff. And and uh, so it gives still gives a lot of people that kind of independence and not having to have a boss and a nine to five job where they have to go into an office or a pl- the same place every day. Kind of keeps things a little more exciting for for a lot of folks that are into that and and all the other things I just said that people aren't into. You know. So there's so many varieties, so, so much variety of things you can do. And, and now, obviously, you can you'd be a professional podcast or YouTube or you can start any and every kind of business that that you can think of and things that haven't even been thought of. And then they become the next billion dollar or multi million dollar business that people are like, man, I wish I thought of that idea, you know, and it's just just one of those things. And mowing lawns, cutting grass has been around for since you know the dawn of time probably since grass has been grass and weeds have been growing right it needs to be maintained whether you've got your hand sickle or whatever the heck they're called scythe or whatever you just go around you know and you just chop through a field of whatever to now the nice stand-on or sit-down zero-turn machines that we have that we can just zip through massive acreage in a fraction of the time and get that nice crisp, clean, finished cut stripes, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, above and, and, and everything surrounding that whole thing, taking care of the lawn and all that. But so, I mean, we've, we've come a long way in society and now it's a lot easier to maintain a lot more properties for people with the efficiencies of equipment, such as the zero term mowers and so on, versus just by hand going around more like, you know, farmer type style, just taking care of your own properties and things like that but even still having your own properties or a, or a farm or whatever there's so much more machinery and things that you can do to make it more efficient less backbreaking and just have more longevity with all of that and with all of that has come the birth of doing that as a business right like i don't think anybody really thought about you know having a big a lawn hacking business where you're just by hand, just going around, just, you know, slicing away, you know, that just probably what didn't cross a lot of people's minds, but now it can be more scalable, more mainstream for people to think about just cutting grass for a living because there's efficient ways to do it and equipment and so on. But there's a big difference between making mowing, uh, making money mowing lawns versus running a lawn mowing business. You know, people, the title of this episode, uh, potentially, you know, is making, making money mowing lawns is easy, but running a lawn mowing business is not. And I just, just wanted to touch on that a little bit here because uh, for one, I mean, I don't know how many people might be listening to this podcast or this specific episode that are kind of outside the industry, but it's more for the people that are wanting to get into the industry or just got into the industry your rookies and so on, or, or maybe you've, you know, been doing this for many years, such as myself. And maybe some of the things I, I talk about, I will mention in this episode or have talked about in recent episodes that maybe you've gone back and started listening to, you just haven't heard of before or never really thought about it or whatever. I mean, that it happens. I, I'm learning stuff every day and that's why I keep trying new things, hashtag rookie for life. So I can learn as much as I can, shorten the learning curve, right? We only have so many hours in every day and you never know when that day is going to you know, come to an end potentially for all kinds of different reasons. So For me, I want to make the most out of it, especially my background of being in retail management for over 15 years. I felt like so much of that was a waste, even though I try to see the positives in everything and, you know, learn from everything. You know, I learned more of what not to do and how I didn't want to live my life over those 15 years than, you know, than the opposite. So but still it's learning nonetheless and it definitely helped give me a lot of experience in business all the different business minded things and how to run businesses of course they weren't lawn mowing businesses they were or landscaping it was retail you know like clothing and sporting goods and you know all, all the stuff that you get in brick and brick and mortar retail stores where you go in you shop on you know get your look at the stuff on the shelves the racks or whatever and you go to the register and you buy it, you know, or maybe you order it online or something if it's not available or what, whatever. So that, that's, that was my life running those businesses, but still, business is business. A lot of concepts are still the same. Like, you know, you need to know your numbers and, and different things like that. You need to make sure you get paid and, and get paid, you know, well and, and efficiently and all that kind of stuff. And there's so many different overlaps for any business. It's just the services and what the type, you know, what you do to make money in those businesses is what makes the main differences between all the businesses. So whether you are in a lawn care or landscaping business or field or want to get into it, any business really this applies to. Some of this might be a little more specific to uh, some of the things I'm going to touch on might be a little more specific to uh, lawn and landscape, but still the concepts uh, can be you know, universal. So anyway, I, I just wanted to hopefully help anyone that could be potentially thinking about or thinking this way or or feeling bummed out, like you know, I just cut grass. Like, can I really make a living doing this? Is this really something I can do? Yes, you can, a hundred percent. But it is not easy. That's for sure. Cutting grass and making some cash is definitely easy. Of course, when it's a hundred degrees, it's a little bit more difficult. Uh, or you know, then, then, then a, a nice spring or fall day, you know, because you're super hot and sweaty and, and you're tired more quickly. But at the end of the day, you're you're you know, you have a lawn mower. You go back and forth. You cut the grass. You clean everything up. You know, hopefully you trim and edge it too, and get everything all nice and crispy. And you get you get paid. You know, I mean, so. But in order to make it a business and be sustainable and kind of live your life, you know, or or earn a living doing that, there's some things that, that I think are are pretty basic principles and concepts that we should all make sure we're staying on top of if, we ha- if we're not already to kind of make it a, a business, you know, to run a smooth lawn mowing business. So of course, you know, the first thing I'm probably going to say, if you know, is route density, right? I've, people, I guess I've talked about it so much over the years that when people stumble across my content now, or they've been following all along, they know that I've just been obsessed with route density, and that's just that's just the way that I am. Um, you know, I just I, I learned about it in on, on really short notice. Um, not not short notice. That's not what I mean. I mean I, I learned quickly <laughs> about route density. Probably just by default, like I said before in the past, um, you know, I I, after feeling like I wasted a lot of the last fifteen years of my life, in uh, not the last fifteen, but the fifteen years in retail, um, and I've been trying to make up for it the last eight, now going on nine seasons, nine years. um, You know, I, I just really wanted to do whatever I could to get my time back, to spend as much time as I could with my family, my friends, do things that I wanted to do, like go for mountain bike riding, go to the gym, work out, just whatever, just, just have a life back, you know, not just work, work, work all day, every day, wacky hours, and be treated like dirt by customers and employees a lot of times, and my horrible bosses, you know, and their horrible bosses and bosses and bosses, like that whole environment was just terrible for me. Um, So I just wanted to regain control with that and i think route density just kind of fell in place before i even knew that that was what it was called you know i just i just realized that you know when i first started out my first year just like everyone probably you're just trying to get work right you're trying to figure you have some general concepts of things that you want to do like oh i could just maybe i could just start mowing lawns you know i could just start cutting grass and make money that way sure that's like one of the easiest things you can do right cleanups is another easy thing go around looking for you know, yards filled with leaves or limbs that are all over the place, things like that, you know, weeds all in their mulch beds. Like, Hey, you know, you want me to clean all that out? You know, you really don't need much equipment to do that. You know, you just need some rakes, your hands, some gloves, some garbage bags, you know, at the very least, of course, there's way more efficient things to do above and beyond that. But if you're just starting out, you know, you can just get some real basic stuff and, and just start getting after it. Same thing with mowing lawns, you know, you, if you're not even trimming and edging and you just want to cut some grass just to start making some money and, and investing in some more equipment, trimmers and blowers, you know, you can just use a 21 inch you know, push uh, mower or self-propelled. You know, twenty-one inch or something mower. Whether it's the customers, sometimes they let you use. You know, like if it's a, a someone that is not physically able to do it themselves anymore from injuries or age or whatever, or, or you you know somehow you just came across it, or maybe it's your own that you have for your house, and you're like, I can make money with this. Absolutely. So you know, you, you start out that way, but my point is, you end up kind of just get taking out whatever you can because you're just trying to make money, and you're all excited about it, or, or you're like desperate or both because you need to make money for, you know, maybe you lost your job or you quit your job or whatever. And you're just trying to, you know, hit the ground running. So you end up being spread out all over the place and you're, you know, you're going 15, 20 minutes here, there and everywhere to do all these different jobs. And I realized quickly in that first year that I was wasting so much time doing that, like all that travel time when I added it all up day to day to day, you know, I I could get a lot more done if I could just condense my routes, my, you know, all of the work that I was doing. If I could just keep them in the same areas, you know, keep the areas all close together, AKA neighborhoods, you know, from a lawn mowing, a maintenance standpoint, we're talking about like neighborhoods and, you know, areas of town instead of driving all over town. So I just realized that I needed to nip that in the bud and then focus on it as quickly as possible and start, you know, getting rid of some of the stragglers. Some of them just got rid of themselves because, you know, that they moved or whatever. Um, so that was fortunate. Some other ones, I just had to let them go you know, over the first couple of years when I realized just nothing was really happening in that, in that neighborhood or that area and just really keep focusing on saying yes to the same areas, the same neighborhoods. In my in my uh, area, they're called HOAs, homeowner associations, or like the cookie cutter suburban neighborhoods, right? With the sidewalks and the cul-de-sacs and, you know, the 500,000 to a million dollar homes. It's like 700 to 1000 of them in these HOAs. Um, You know, so there's, it's like the sky's the limit, really. I mean, you can just there's so much work in those neighborhoods that if you got enough, you wouldn't even need any any other neighborhoods, you can just work in just one neighborhood. But and and there's commercial work for that for those places too, if if, if that's the route you want to go. So I mean, I just really started focusing on that by default. And I never really called it route density in the first couple of years because I didn't even know that was, that was a word that even existed. But then through social media and connecting with everybody and and, and consuming content and then starting to create my own content, I started to realize that there were certain concepts and names and terms for these things that I was already kind of figuring out on my own or needed to figure out, Um, you know, such as route density and uh, knowing your numbers and things like that, you know, to make you really efficient um, as, as a business. So I'm not just cutting grass for, you know, f- to make money. I'm actually building a business that can support my life, my family, and so on. Uh, something I could be proud of and, and, and all that. And over the years, over the last, you know, eight years, things have changed in the industry as well. It's a lot more common now to have, um, well, there's a, there's a lot more companies that just cut grass or just, you know, do turf maintenance, you know, whether it's fertilization weed control, only or mowing and that and some landscaping you know maintenance like trimming bushes mulch all that then of course there's the lands the the, the big landscaping and hardscaping uh, jobs and, and services for that those that's been around for a while but more and more people are kind of specializing in certain things like cutting grass you know I mean some companies they literally just cut a ton of grass and they make a good amount of money you know, they get a couple of guys maybe or whatever and that's all all that they offer you know clean up leaves in the fall still probably as well but you know they don't they don't have too many other things going on so i mean there's so many so many avenues now that you can go so many options as time goes on and and the the world evolves there's just so many more opportunities so in the last eight years there's a heck of a lot more people you know with lawn mowing companies businesses whether they're solo or they have you know a small group of of uh, folks helping them get stuff done one two crews whatever it is um and, and and that's that's uh, it's also become more acceptable and i think that they go hand in hand because it's become more acceptable in society and with with homeowners like just you know wanting to get their time back and not spend the whole weekend cleaning their house and cutting the grass and whatever other things like that that they could potentially just pay someone else to do if they can budget that into their you know monthly income and whatnot then they would much rather do that so they can spend their weekends enjoying life. You know, like if they're working Monday through Friday and they're they're probably tired and they want to just rest and relax, you know, maybe go out for walks, runs, bike rides, go do things with their family if they have one, whatever, you know, like watch a movie, whatever they want to do and not have to stress out about still working through the weekend, you know? I mean, of course, they're still maintaining things throughout the, throughout the week and stuff like that when things pop up. Even if you have someone cleaning your house, you're not going to leave it a complete... Shambles, you know, like from day to day. um, You know, if something happens and you're going to clean it up or fix it, right? Uh, Same thing with you know landscaping and lawn care. If it's something that you are able to do yourself, a lot of cases you might, you know, if a if a tree limb falls down in your yard that you can just drag off to the side or something uh, yourself or whatever. You know, just you you just do that. You're not going to wait another week or a couple weeks or whatever it is before your next service. You know. provider comes and they take care of it. And meanwhile, it's just, that's just sitting in your yard, killing the grass or whatever that, that it's on top of. And, you know, so of course you're still going to be doing stuff, but you can really save time by outsourcing these things. So that's become more and more of a a common theme as well. So that I think in turn has produced more opportunities for folks to offer those services for themselves uh, of, you know, to, to every, to everyone that wants them. So, Route density has just become uh, a huge thing with all of the work coming about. And the tighter the routes you can have, the more you can get done, right? I've talked about this before many times, but just a most recent example, you know, only a couple of years ago, because I, I just don't tend to do this very often because I am so hyper aware and sensitive and obsessed with route density. But every now and again, I will try like every year almost, I try to dabble in another neighborhood that's close by, like, you know, kind of like the next, the next neighborhood, you know, outside of my current area, you know, like the next closest neighborhood is what I meant to say. I try to maybe do some stuff there. And if I can get one person in there, like I try to market and things like that, if I can get one, or sometimes people just, you know, call me from those neighborhoods and and, uh, you know, if I can get one in there, then hopefully I can grow and get more. So it's, you know, it's worth our our time going there and not just driving, even though it's only maybe 10, 15 minutes further down the road from the the next closest neighborhood that we're in. um, You know, normally uh, it's, it's, it's still kind of like a, it'd be better to have more than just drive there just for one and then go to something else. Like all the other neighborhoods, we drive there and we have a whole day's worth of work. We have over 20 yards in, in, in all of our other neighborhoods. So, you know, in a lot of cases we have to split that into a day and a half and we can't always get 20 something yards done on a hundred degree, uh, hot summer day. You know, I don't want to stress everybody out like that. You know, I'd rather just get 15 to 16 done, you know, and, and get done a little bit early that day. And then we can, you know, move on the next day and start fresh and not be as exhausted and so on and get through the heat and, and, and chip through this chip away through the schedule that way. But that's what route density also achieves is by having neighborhoods close together. You don't, feel as pressured to like, say you have a neighborhood, you know, that's like 20, 25, 30 minutes away from anything else. And you're like, you know, well, that's, that's, that's our Wednesday route, right? We go out there on Wednesday and we knock out however many yards it is. Maybe they're really big yards. So you have, you know, only 10 or 12 to do or whatever. And, you know, you have to get them done that day, no matter what, because you don't want to have to drive all the way back out there for one or a couple, you know, however many that you didn't get done and then have to drive back to wherever, you know, 20 to 30 minutes back to wherever to continue Thursday's route, right? Like that, that's where route that that's where you get all messed up. And that's where route density really comes into play. So that's, that's happened to me so many times over the years where Again, I have tried to go to a start in another neighborhood that was not too far away, but it was far enough away that if I couldn't get, if we couldn't get it done that day because it rained or equipment breakdown or whatever, we were just short staff, maybe whatever the deal is happens all the time, right? To all of us. Then now we have to tack that onto a different, to the next day that has a totally different neighborhood listed for that day. That's, you know, 20, 25 minutes away. And it's just, it's really counterproductive. You end up now you know, messing up that whole schedule, right? Because maybe you only had that uh, that other neighborhood planned for Thursday, and now you're trying to do that and squeeze in the last few stragglers from the other neighborhood that's further away, and now that round-trip time, you know, you're, it's almost an hour of just unnecessary traveling, so that's less yards you can get done, and it's hot, and maybe it's going to rain again, and you end up scrambling a lot. So the, the more route density the you have, the closer your properties are, the more flexibility you have. Are you ready to grow your lawn care and landscaping business at Lightspeed? Hey, I am Cody Owen with Lightspeed Social Agency, and you have heard me talk shop on every lawn care podcast that you listen to, maybe even over on my YouTube channel, and I hope that you have taken advantage of the expert knowledge that I've given in those interviews, but I want you to personally experience the power of putting Lightspeed Social behind your business this spring. Sign up for Facebook and Instagram ads management and put my team's years of experience to work in your business. The closer your properties are, the more flexibility you have. You know, if you have to go, if something breaks down, you have to go back to wherever your, your house or your storage or shop, whatever the equipment, your equipment dealer um, to get stuff. At least you're not <clears throat> hopefully driving all over town, right? You're just going right back to the, to, to that same neighborhood. You keep everything close together and it just makes things so much more convenient and efficient. But um, you know, so I, when I identify these things, I have to you know, get rid of those neighborhoods as soon as possible. Sometimes within the same season, if not definitely the next season, before the next season, you know, I let them know that I won't be able to service their neighborhood. You know, there's another time where, or another time an example of another uh, neighborhood where I never even grew in that neighborhood. And I was just driving out there for one yard and it just seemed apparent that nobody, you know, no matter how much I marketed and people's neighbors came out and waved and saw me, they just, They either had other people doing it that they were loyal to, which is fine. I get that. I appreciate that. Hopefully my clients are the same for me Um, and not just, you know, going to the next lowest, cheapest person all the time, or they're just doing it themselves or whatever the scenario is, but I never got contacted. So like a whole year, I'm driving 30 minutes one way to this one neighborhood, hoping that it would be, uh, you know, it it would grow into something else. So that's an hour round trip. And I think it was a little bit less than that. It's like probably like 45 minutes or so, but we'll just say, you know, it was an hour round trip. And in that hour, I could have gotten two to four more yards done in uh, a neighborhood that I was already in. But because I had one hour less technically a day or that day that I would go out there, um, I couldn't even take on any more yards that day in the neighborhoods where I wanted to be. So it's, it's, if you see, if you understand what I'm saying, like it turns into like this this spiral of mess. You know, you just it ends up just defeating so many things because you you don't even have any more time. So, say you're you're mowing these lawns. Say it's you know these are fifty dollar lawns, and you can do let's just say you can only do two of these fifty dollar lawns maybe by yourself or something in an hour, right? In the same neighborhood, if they're both in the same neighborhood that you're already in, that's a hundred bucks versus driving to a $50 a yard, and then, uh, oh, I was uh, I was thinking the hour, because this has been years and years ago, and I've told this story a few different times, but I was thinking an hour total with actually mowing the lawn, too. So, you know, say it takes you, uh, you know, 20 minutes uh, to, to round trips, that's 40 minutes, and it takes you 20 minutes to mow the, this $50 yard um, with somebody else or whatever, and so, you know, you you just spent an hour, but you only got paid $50, where ha- had you not been, had you said no to that, you know, place, that that yard, that neighborhood, or cut them out as soon as you realized it wasn't going to work out, you know, that's an hour that you have now to make 100 bucks to get two yards done by yourself, or three yards done if you have one person, if it's only taking 20 minutes, and that's three yards that you can potentially squeeze in in the same neighborhood. Now that's $150, you've just tripled Your revenue so I just try to throw these numbers and real-life examples out to you guys to really you know just break it down and and hopefully make you realize if you don't already Um, but that's one way to be super efficient to run a business a lawn mowing business versus just you know cutting grass and making that cash Um, having the right clients right like what does that mean like not everyone is gonna be uh, a peach to work with, right? Some homeowners, you know, the Karens and the, and the Randys out there that are just not, they're they're not about it, right? They're just super high maintenance. Um, Especially you got to stay away from the homeowners or just be cautious, I should say, right? There's always exceptions, but be cautious of the homeowners that took care of their yard for all these years. And now all of a sudden, for one reason or another, they want to get someone else to do it. They want to pay someone else to do it, whether it's because they're just getting too old or they've injured themselves or they're just, too busy, you know, working or their personal life or whatever. But the caveat is they are going to micromanage you because it's their lawn. And and rightfully so. I mean, I I would probably feel the same way. Like, I mean, you know, I cut lawns for a living, right. But before that, I was one of those homeowners that took a lot of pride in my lawn and, and made sure it was, you know, fertilized and keep, keep the weeds down. And, um, aerate and seed and stripe it with my 21 inch Husqvarna, you know, uh, auto paste mower and all these things, trimmed edge, you know, making it look crispy all the time. and was trying to be like the envy of the neighborhood just because I had a lot of pride in it. I enjoyed it, which is, you know, hence why I started doing it for a living to get out of retail and, and, and see if I could, uh, if that was what I could do to make a living and, and not have to be in retail. And so far it's been great. So, but, uh, you know, if at that point and now, if I hired someone else, I would probably be, you know, paying attention to everything they do and be a little particular with stuff. And if I saw them doing something a little weird or something I didn't like, I would definitely let them know. But so that, you know, but, but I I think because of my mindset I would be a little cautious about it, understanding and, and, and not try to be that guy. But a lot of people are unfortunately those guys and girls and they just can't break away from that or they don't even realize it's a problem and They're just telling you how to do stuff, you know, Hey, you know, maybe you should mow like this, or maybe you should, I hold the trimmer like this. Oh, I edge like this, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, they, they just kind of like, they give you like a list every day, every week that you're there of, you know, things that you should be doing and the way you should be doing them and watch out for this and that. And it just becomes way too much micromanagement and, and it's very stressful. And it's like, they're your boss, which technically you're, you know, your clients are your boss, right? They're paying you to do a job, but you don't want them to be bossy, uh, so then you just have a whole bunch of bossy, horrible bosses and whatnot. So that's that's not good. So you gotta be cautious of that. Stay away from the Karens and Randys. They're just more stress than you need. Constantly nitpicking, the the slow payers, right? The people that that don't want to pay you right away or at all. You know, um, always have excuses. Blah blah blah. Like the people that just want to talk to you all the time. Right. They seem nice enough at first, but then you're like, man, this is like a 20 minute yards taking us 30 minutes. Like that's that 10 minutes adds up. Like that's half of another yard. Like, you know, and when daylight savings, you know, changes and it gets darker earlier and going you know, towards the end of the season, you know, it's super hot, whatever, all these different variables. going to, it might be, it might rain before, uh, before you, um, you know, before nighttime and you're trying to finish getting everything done. Like, 10 minutes really, really adds up. I mean, that's why we try to be as efficient as possible and reduce the amount of unbillable or non-billable time, you know, whether it be windshield time, which is, you know, what, what people call it when you're just driving all around and you're, you're just, you know, you're sitting in a truck driving here and there and everywhere and you're not billing anyone for that, right? But you're, you're still, if you have guys and girls with you, you're paying, you're paying your team. If you're by yourself, you're still somehow or another should be paying you, you know, you're still losing money and, and uh, paying yourself technically to just drive around too. So <clears throat> that's why efficiency really is is key. And, and, and uh, having the right clients is a part of that efficiency because you want to be happy when you're going there. You want someone that's going to value your work, not waste your time with nonsense, you know, micromanaging things and talking your ear off about their life and all that stuff, as nice as that might be, time is money. And, you know, saying hi and catching up for a couple of minutes here and there is one thing, you know, or, you know, they want to ask you a question about the part of their yard or whatever. And yeah, I can give you a quote you know, I'll stop by later or, you know, whatever the deal is. And you can factor it into your schedule that way. You know, those things are fine, but when you don't want to, you just don't want to just make a habit of wasting time. Uh, with all those random things so having the right clients is key it's also going to improve morale for your team if you have one if if they're just dealing with a whole bunch of Karens and Randys they're going to be just as stressed out as you would be and or were when you were dealing with them so just because if you're you know not in the truck or you're not in that truck that doesn't mean you should stick your crew with all the Karens and Randys and be like oh it's all good just deal with it you know whatever like no that's not cool you know, the ones that have poop all in their yard, all dog poop, you know, all over the place. They never care about picking it up and, you know, whatever. And you've talked to them about it and they're just like, whatever, you know? And it's like, come on, really? There's companies for that now that can take care of that. They scoop poop, you know? There's all kinds of um, businesses out there that that do that. So, I mean, like, there's, there's really no excuses anymore other than just pure laziness and just not caring. Um, but it makes a huge mess and it's disgusting for the people who step in it and ride you know run mower tires through it and sometimes even mow it up in the mower under the deck if it's you're mowing short enough and it's just pile of poop just you know that's real soft and just sit sitting on the top of grass you're just going to just demolish it it's going to be all up caked up all up underneath your deck oh man it's a mess so you know there, there's so many so many examples of not the right clients right so you want to find the right clients that are going to make things more efficient for you less stressful for you so you can just have an enjoyable time you know it, it, it is work but you want to enjoy it right so you and your and you want your team to um the right type of lawns is another thing right um obviously that kind of goes overlaps with the lawns that are covered in dog poop constantly um lawns that are just filled with weeds and you know it makes it difficult to to keep your mowers clean because it's just just a weed fest and and then you know if you have like a a mix of weedy and nice yards in the same day, it makes it challenging because I don't know about you, but I don't want to be uh, gumming up my deck. You know, when, when you cut weeds, it doesn't seem, it seems like no matter what you do, they're always going to be wet. They just hold so much water. They're just, they're just big and just absorb all the water. And as soon as you cut through them, it just turns into just weed glue gum whatever just everywhere it just gets caked up all up under under your deck and clumps up a lot easier in the yard makes a huge mess and then the last thing you want to do is now go onto a really nice lawn that's well maintained tall fescue or whatever and your mower is all disgusting looking or caked up underneath the deck and you just go start cutting that grass and you know some of those weeds and the seeds and stuff are going to end up being dispersed back into that lawn and that's to me, that's an integrity thing. I mean, the, the homeowners might not know or see it, but I, I know, see it, and, and feel it. And I just, I, I don't want to be that type of service provider. So I'm going to do my due diligence and make sure I can clean my deck as best as I can before I go on uh, to the nicer lawns. So and a lot of times I would rearrange the schedule. Like, okay, I'll do the the yucky yards, you know, the weedy yards at the end. Do all the nice yards first and do all the weedy yards at the end, or just clump them together, whether it's first or last, just do them all together so that I can clean the mower once and then, you know, go, go back to the, to the, uh, the nice yards or be done for the day and start the next day with a clean mower or whatever. But that's, that's extra. Of course, you're still, you should be cleaning your deck and sharpening your blades. But the point is you end up having to do that a lot more frequently when you just cut a ton of weedy yards. And if that's all you have in your area, that's one thing, right? You cut what you cut, you know, you get what you get, you don't throw a fit. But if if you have a blend of yards, I would definitely pick and choose, you know, I wouldn't just mix them all together and just plow through, you, you know, you almost have to have two different mowers to be as efficient as possible. Have one mower that you're plowing through weeds and another mower that's more of a nice, well manicured finishing mower on the main, the nice, you know, maintained lawns that are virtually weed free. But again, is that, you know, is that what you want to do? Do you already have two mowers you can do that? That's cool. If you don't, like if you only have one mower, you know, you might want to just do these things to be as efficient as possible. Like I know I started learning those things early on too, and it was so time consuming and annoying. I just started getting rid of all those weedy yards. It's tough sometimes when they're in the same neighborhood, literally on the same street, even like the neighbor next to the the nice yard that you're taking care of. That's especially tricky because You know that's money in the bank. You're right there. That's easy money uh, from a from a route density profitability standpoint. But you know the 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 nice yard homeowner, if they're home and they're watching you hack down their weedy neighbor's yard first, and then go onto onto their yard, they might feel a certain kind of way. I know I would. You know, and then of course you can do them first, and then go to the weedy yard. That's one way to kind of combat that. But you know, it can definitely be tricky. Um, you know, sometimes I'll just get out. You know, I'll just clean. You know, do the best I can. Do a quick cleanup, blow stuff off, whatever. And people can visibly see that I'm cleaning and you know, scooping up any of the clumps and debris and and, and getting rid of it. Um, so people see that I'm like actually making an attempt to to keep the mowers clean and, and not just going from yard to yard all caked up like that. Again, if you're just cutting a whole bunch of nice. Well-maintained grass yards. That's not that serious. In most cases, there's not even much of a buildup from from yard to yard, unless it's a wet, rainy day or something, or it just you know was wet and rainy the night before or, or the early that morning, so that everything's wet, of course. And that's going to be a thing, but just on a normal, regular, you know, spring, summer, fall day where it's nice and and dry, and you're just blowing through the grass, and it, it's nothing. You know, you're not, you're hardly accumulating anything, and your and your de- your blades are. Not getting you know dull as quickly or anything, so you don't have to just constantly go through that as much. You don't have to clean your deck and sharpen your blades as much. So you're just flying through from yard to yard. You don't have to worry about it. So all these things are factors with the type of lawn. You know, um, the size. Uh, is it too, is it is it is it too big for the equipment that you have? Is it too small for the equipment that you have? You know, is is it too small to be profitable? Is it too big to be be profitable? Like you have to figure all that stuff out and kind of like, what do you want? What type of lawns do you want? If you even have a choice, if there is a variety, you know, different types of neighborhoods, the more rural areas with the acres, you know, where you just sit on a mower or stand on a mower, just kind of put your your music on or your audio book or your podcast or all the above. And you just kind of zip on through the yards for a while and you just do what you got to do. Or, you know, do you just want a whole bunch of small cookie cutter postage stamp hoa type yards and you just kind of zip through them just bang them all out one after another throughout the day and you know and it's 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 all about what you want to do and what you can do what you have what equipment you have then then do you want to invest in other equipment because that's another thing that will that i'm about to get into also is the right equipment setup but just to finish talking about the type of lawns you know, you have those choices, right? One thing that I do now, because for years now I've had my my, my, my applicator's license, uh, of course, that varies from state to state, all the rules and regulations, figure that out for your state, do some Google searching, and you'll figure it all out and do all the right things to get licensed properly. But I did that years ago, and so now I take care of the lawns that I mow um, as well. Uh, or, you know, there, there, there's still a lot of lawns that I just mow and they have another, you know, big competitor company that only treats yards. They don't mow. So they have me to mow and this other company treat the yard and the yard looks great either way, whether, whether I do it or the other company does it, the yard looks great. Of course, I would rather do both, but I'd rather someone do it versus no one. Meaning, so now that I do have, have, uh, offer those services and treat yards, uh, I, I, I that's one way to get rid of the weedy yard. So if a, if a weedy yard, like someone moves in or they just are tired of dealing with their weedy yard or, or the neighbors, you know, they're tired of dealing with their neighbors, dealing with their weedy yard, complaining or giving very looks or whatever, you know, all of a sudden now you have this potential, you, you, someone wants to give you a quote for this weedy yard that's on the same street or right next to in some cases or across the street of where you're already taken care of but they're full of weeds and you don't want to deal with everything I just said for the last five, 10 minutes or whatever. What I do is I say, okay, uh, we offer a mowing and fertilization weed control package only. Like I don't even give them an option to just hack down their, their weeds, uh, you know, every other week or whatever. Right? Like, no, that's not, that's not how it goes. I dictate it. So it's like, if they want a quote for me, you're getting a quote for weekly mowing and you're also getting a quote cool for fertilization weed control so we can get that yard under control. Cause I'm not going to continue just hacking down weeds and I'm definitely not going to do it biweekly. So I just have those rules and a lot of people aren't down with that. They're like, no, I'm good. Then I just wanted someone to hack my, you know, my, my uh, weeds down, you know, once or twice a month. And that's about it. You know, maybe every 10 to 11 days or something. And I'm like, yep, that ain't me. I've been there, done that. I'm not the one. So you gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta you got to realize that you're the owner and of course you're going to lose some or or not get some business doing those things. But do you want that kind of business? I, I don't know about you, but I don't want that person that only wants someone to just hack down their weeds every now and again, you know, every 10, 11 days and completely mess up your schedule. Like, and you know, all this stuff, like I can go down rabbit holes for days about just that one time. I have an episode dedicated to the seven, 10, 14 day work schedule or, or mowing schedule. You can search that in the uh, podcast, uh, Spotify or Apple, whatever you listen to, you can type that in and you can uh, see that episode or listen to that episode, find that episode and listen to it. But, um, you know, it's just that that's one major way how I, how I get rid of those types of yards so that I can have the right ones that I want that are going to make me happy, my team happy, feel valued, um, leave the the lawn looking great when we're done. And obviously be more profitable, make more money, right? Because we're saving time without having to clean our mowers and change our blades as frequently. We're also doing more services for those yards to get them up to, up to snuff. And we're attracting more business of the – when people see you, the, uh, the last thing I'll say about that is when people see you mowing, you know, nasty yards and they have a nice yard, they're not going to contact you most likely to, I mean again, there's always exceptions, right? But m- the majority of the time, they're not going to want you on their nice lawn. They think that you're just taking care of these nasty lawns and, and they probably don't, they're afraid that you're going to bring the nastiness onto their yard. I mean, rightfully so, because that is a thing. Of course, if the lawn is well-treated and all that, then most likely there's not going to be a lot of weeds that are going to grow up in there, even if you end up dispersing a bunch of junk in a nice yard, but it's just, it's just, it's not, it's not right. It doesn't, doesn't look nice. It doesn't seem nice Doesn't feel nice. Perse- again, perception is reality. So whether it's hundred percent truth or not, it's definitely perception. It's perceived truth. So, you know, you get more of what you have. So if you have a whole bunch of weedy yards, it's all you're going to keep attracting for the most part, you know? Uh, again, there's exceptions, but if you have really nice yards, you're going to keep attracting really nice yards. Of course, there's exceptions. You're going to have the weedy yard people that are going to be like, Hey, you know, like, um, what's going on? Like, do you, uh, you know, do you, uh, uh, can, can, can you, uh, give me a quote for my lawn? And and it's like, you know, are are, like, you're kind of like flabbergasted because you look at their lawn you're like, wow, really you want, (laughs) you know, what made you think, but, but then, but maybe when you talk to them, they, they want their lawn to look like the one that you're taking care of, you know? So I feel like that they're more apt the, the weedy lawn people are more apt to ask you to mow their lawn than the nice uh, lawn people are, you know, when they see you on a, on a not nice lawn and stuff like that. But at any rate types, right type of lawn that's going to make you more profitable, have, and help grow your business and have a business and run your business. Well, The other thing was I was talking about equipment, right? Making sure you have the right equipment for the right jobs. You know, if you, if you're mowing acreage, you don't want to be walking around with a walk behind, you know, a small 36 inch walk behind mower. You want to at least get one of those little standing platforms that you can ride behind the mower so you can save time and energy and get done quicker. Of course, you also want a bigger deck for the bigger acreage yards. You want at least a 52 inch deck for some of these bigger wide open yards, and vice versa, um, but you know you really should have like a sit down or stand on zero turn mower, 52 inch minimum for those bigger yards because you can zip through them a lot faster, and be more profitable because you can get more done in a day. Um, likewise, the opposite is for the smaller lawns, right? You don't want to ha- put a 52 or 60 inch zero turn stand on or sit down mower on a little tiny 5,000 square foot postage stamp yard, like you know you probably are. Uh, you're counterproductive. The amount of like there's a tree here, a mulch bed there, a mailbox here, a fence there. Like I mean, before you know it, you're like, it's like um, Austin Powers, right? You're if you've ever seen that movie, you're just you're in that hallway and you're just trying to back up a hundred million times and you're just kind of like stuck in between the walls with a that your your vehicle, your little cart or whatever that you just have no business, you know, fitting in there. So that in a lot of cases, that could be your mower and you end up rutting up the yard and doing all types of stuff just you're doing more maneuvering and you end up doing more damage than good you're thinking oh i could just couple stripes boom boom and i'm done but you end up again doing more damage than good more trimming that you have to do because you can't get in between some of these obstacles or a lot of them where if you just had you know a, a that's where you a 36 inch walk behind would come in handy and you actually walk behind it or a 21 or 22 inch you know self-propelled um, mower that you can um, just zip through a yard almost faster sometimes than a, on a bigger mower because there's less turning less damage you can get in between everything so there's less trimming they have to do after the fact and it still looks nice and clean and and, and well well maintained so you want to have the right equipment you know we're just talking about mowers right now but you want to have the right equipment for the right jobs right you want to you want don't want to damage the turf you don't want to waste time, and and uh, you want to just be as productive and as efficient as possible. So of course, there's trimmers and blowers and edgers, another efficiency thing. The right equipment. If you if you're in these neighborhoods like I have, where there's a lot of sidewalks, a lot of curbs, that's a lot of edging. And even if you're solo, like I have was for so many years starting out, uh, first four years to be specific, you know, I could throw down, you know, a hard edge with the trimmer w- with the best of them. But doing that you know yard after yard after yard over the course of the day it starts wearing you down you know your arms start getting sore you get tired more fatigued especially when it's super hot out and you don't always have the crispiest straightest lines it takes a lot more time and concentration you know i know some guys do fly around fly through and they're boom they're just like machines but those are those are the exceptions right there because i know myself i can only do so much so so well so much um for so long of a time or whatever, I can't expect when I'm hiring people to make that scalable. Like, you know, I'm not hiring people with expert um, edging skills with a trimmer, you know, trimmer, trimmer edging skills. Like I I just need them to do the basics. So what I started doing, what I did was I bought a, a hard edger, right? A stick edger with the blade that you can just stick in the groove and you just walk straight along or around the curve or whatever. And you just create a nice thin clean edge every time so your your edge doesn't start getting wider and wider like you know the more employees you 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 have everyone has different skill sets with with you know edging with a trimmer and maybe they're just not feeling it that day they're extra tired because it's hot or whatever the deal is they stumble or trip or and then all of a sudden they carve into the to the lawn a little bit and you got this wonky looking edge like it's really hard to be consistent like that um to have the right people that are going to do it the right way every time where you can just give anyone basically a a blade edger you know stick edger and just show them how to use it and it's very short learning curve and they get the hang of it it's going to be the same thin edge every time it's going to be faster more efficient they're not going to be as worn out and you're just going to have better results for your your clients as well because they're not going to see this you know uh, six inch wide, um, edge that like they're twisting their ankles, stepping over or, you know, walking through the yard, crossing through the sidewalk or the walkway. And all of a sudden they just, you know, trip and stumble and hurt themselves because it's like a a ditch almost now that you've created. And of course, weeds are going to go in there and, and, and run rampant. And then they just have their edges filled with nothing but weeds. And then the rest of the yard looks nice. Like that's just terrible too. So. That is part of the, uh, the casualties of this business, you know, right there, if you know, you know, so stick edger, you know, have the right equipment. If you have a lot of curbs and sidewalks to edge, stick edger is probably a good investment, especially if you have employees, but even if it's just yourself, it's going to save you time, um, to just do that. Trust me. I, I know. Cause I've done, done it all. Um, I've done both and a lot of the smaller yards and the yards that don't have sidewalks and a lot of hard edging hey you could just hit it up real quick with the trimmer you know you edge the mulch beds with the trimmer and you can hit the walkway and the driveway real quick especially if it's asphalt there's really nothing else you can do but use a trimmer carefully without without you know blasting asphalt crumbs all over the place and busting out windows or your face or someone else's face or whatever um, you know, you, that's all you have is, to, is the edge of the trimmer and you just got to be careful not to make a huge wide border there as well, but because you don't have a, really a choice with that. But so those are just some efficient ways to try and um, get get better equipment and for the, for, for the type of properties that you have, right? That's really what it keeps coming down to is what type of clients do you want? What type of properties do you want and what kind of services do you want to offer? And then then you know what kind of equipment that you need for all of those things and where you need to focus your marketing efforts to find those people with those properties, right? Um, and then the final thing that I, that, I, that I wanted to mention is payments. I think that's a huge part of business because if you don't have your payments straight, if you're not getting paid, right, then that's not a healthy business. You can't pay for new equipment or payments on equipment or... Uh, you have employees obviously you're not going to make payroll and insurance and taxes and all that stuff you have as well as yourself to pay your bills and you know I mean you're not working for free right this is your business you're 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 working to make money to earn a living just like whoever's working with you for you uh they expect their paycheck to help pay their bills and so on so if you don't have the right if if you're not if you don't have any kind of system consistently to get paid then that's just going to be a mess you know check under the mail our checks in the mail check under the grill under the mat you know uh can can i venmo you can can we use you know apple pay or square or this or that or what a mess man i've i've been there done that oh can we can we paypal do you take paypal like so many oh i can pay with my credit card if you know whatever like it's it's just a mess so i quickly started learning over the years that's yet another thing to get more consistent with, and make sure that I am not um, dealing with that mess. And as as you know, sad as it is sometimes to you know hurt f- people's feelings, be like, no, sorry, I don't I don't use Venmo. You know, we we send invoices out, and you can click the link in the invoice to pay with your credit card. Boom. But now you know these days, um, everyone's got a cr- card on file. I don't even do one time work. I'm not a you know a for hire. Lawn service. I only have yearly um, agreements for whatever services, whether it's mowing and fertilization, or it's mowing, fertilization, trimming shrubs, mulch, aerating, and seeding, clean up leaves, like whatever, all, all, all the all of the above. You know, all the services that we offer, or just some of them. Regardless, they sign up for the whole uh, year, the whole twelve months, and we now bill twelve months. So we basically take the total for all the services for a year and divide that by twelve, and that's their payment, their monthly payments. So they, they know what it's going to be. It's a set amount. They can budget it. Of course, if there's any kind of random add-ons that maybe they realize, you know, I, I didn't sign up for mulch, but you know, can, can I get mulch or, you know, I used to trim my own bushes, but I just can't anymore. I don't have any time or whatever. Can, can you take care of them? You know, then yeah, we'll just, we'll add that into the the agreement and just adjust the file, you know, the rest of the months remaining, you know, um, payments, but it'll still be a new, it will just be a new set amount for those months. But At any rate, that's kind of the route that I go now so that I don't have the situation that I just said, because everything, the cards on file, everyone gets um, billed the same amount, you know, for, for them, you know, of course, everyone's amounts different based on the services they signed up for. But each individual has their set amount every month that they know they're going to get billed. Their card gets charged every month. Boom, it's done. Like we don't have to worry about this. But if you're more into landscaping and doing um, the for hire services, which is totally fine. Again, you figure out what you what you want to do for your business what type of business you want to grow but if you do that you know you should really have some sort of CRM um, you know I use service autopilot for example but of course you can just use QuickBooks to generate generic invoices and and, and capture all of your payments for an accounting per, accounting standpoint and then for taxes at the end of the year and all that good stuff you want to keep track of all that you know how much money you're making how much money you're spending your whole profit and loss statement. So you can see the health of your business and how profitable you actually are, whether you're spending all your profits back into the business or to pay your bills or whatever, that's all fine and dandy. That's you do whatever you need to do, but you you can at least, if you have some sort of system that keeps track of that and gets you paid quickly and efficiently, then, you know, you can, you'll have, you have the money to be able to spend on what you need to spend it on. And you can see what's coming in and, and, and what's going out and so on. So, a lot of different options out there for that, but just, you know, be consistent and don't have some random, don't, don't just bend over for every customer and do all kinds of hodgepodge things. You know, you're, you're texting people, you're emailing people, you're calling people, or they're doing all that to you. And it's, it's, it, it just gets crazy. You you know, for me, I've, I've focused on streamlining things, making them a lot faster um, and efficient, and it also relieves or reduces the stress for me too. You know, being a business owner is not easy, especially when you start having a team or teams, and more and more and more accounts to manage, and so on, just more problems. So the the, the faster you get systems in place, and the more systems you get in place, the easier your life and job is from a, a, a unnecessary stress um, standpoint. You know, so. Anyway, I can go on and on about this for for days. I feel like, but I wanted to just mention those key points, focusing on the main subject matter of making money. Mowing lawns is easy, but running a lawn mowing business is not. So um, anyone can cut grass, hypothetically, right? But not not anyone can run an efficient, profitable business. So if if you want to have an, an, a profitable business and earn a living mowing lawns, then the things I just mentioned in this episode will hopefully help you. I know they've helped me. There's some of them are pretty common principles that I've talked about and many others have as well. Um, so just, you know, food for thought, right? Just keep, keep that in mind and, and, uh, and go from there. But at any, at any, at any rate, I wish you guys all the best, um, in this year, 2023. And if you have any questions or anything you want to ask, feel free to, um, reach out to me on Instagram, LCR media. You can DM me there. Um, I always have good things in the episode notes, the episode description. There's always links for different things that we've talked about on the, on the show um, as well as uh, partners that I have. And I've got some free resources as well for you guys to look into for route density and some of the other things that I've spoke about and things that I haven't spoke about that you can check out that might be helpful. So all that stuff's in the episode description. Uh, every episode. Basically, there's always um, some links in there that are going to be helpful. Some of them are the same. Some of them are new and so on. So um, I just want you guys to to be successful and and have a great time. I know um, that's my goal. I want to enjoy what I do, but I want to make money doing it. And I have my goals and hopefully you guys do too. And uh, you will get after it this year if you haven't already. So thank you guys for listening. And thank you to Toro Company for sponsoring the LCR Media Podcast. And until the next episode, I will catch you guys later. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangee Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangey Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangey Law Firm has an office in Wichita, Kirk Stangee, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri.